while we've been on air, demonstrations in support of Palestine have been getting underway in Dublin, Cork and in a number of towns across the country and indeed in major cities across the world. RT News's re- RT News reporter Fergal O'Brien has told us that the turnout in Dublin is in the thousands and the demonstrations are being held against the backdrop of the South African case against Israel at the International Court of Justice, which has commenced and as the war in Gaza continues with more than 23,800 now dead, thousands more displaced and near famine conditions prevailing. Now, before Christmas, this programme heard from Batul Hania, whose husband, Zach Hania, was not allowed out of Gaza with the rest of his family in November. We can confirm that Zach, who's an Irish citizen, remains there. He has not yet been given leave to exit via the Rafa crossing. And earlier today, I spoke to Dr. Salam Garbia. He is head of Department of Environmental Studies at Atlantic Technical University in Sligo. He's Palestinian by birth, but has been living here for 10 years and is an Irish citizen. His parents remain in Gaza. So too do his three sisters. He's appealed for help from the Irish government to get them out, but says no such help has been granted. He began by telling me where his parents are now. My two elderly parents and my sister are currently in Rafa, just, uh, you know, uh, very close to the border with Egypt. Uh, so uh, they've been evacuated for the, th- you know, third t- three times already. So um, originally their home is in Gaza um, city itself in the Ramal area, which is probably closer to, well, very close to the Shifa hospital and the main street of Gaza there. At the start of the war, um, the whole area got destroyed, got wiped out altogether. So they had to evacuate another place in Gaza. And now they're kind of like in temporarily camp, like for, you know, evacuated, displaced people and miserable conditions. No medication, no water, no food for them. And are they living in, is it tents or are they living in a building? Well, it's kind of like a tent and it's been for probably the last 30 days or so. As you can tell, like winter started very bad hygienic um, situation, no uh, sanitary. It's, uh, it's an absolutely nightmare. And they're both diabetics, is that the case? What access, yeah, if any, both. have they had to any kind of medication for their condition? At the start of the war, they had a bit of medication that ran out like during the fourth week, I would say, because they normally would have like a month's supply. And then at that time, they managed to get a small similar replacement from a clinic. And that again ran out after three weeks. And now they have absolutely no access to any of their medications. And they're just, just, you know, they have no medication at all. How are they managing for food? The last time I talked to them, um, they only had a piece of bread like in, in the morning and half of it, they had it for the evening. And that was the whole thing that they had. Getting a drinkable water is is an absolute difficulty. There is very little supply. There is, you know, a huge demand. Adding all these people being displaced with miserable conditions, it is just impossible for them to survive. I remember my dad had to queue eight hours to get some flour to do some bread. What do you know of their current condition? Well, it's 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 you cannot really imagine, you know, like how how chaotic how how miserable their conditions you know i know about my parents and my little sister but i have two sisters each with three kids and a husband you know they're uh one of them i the last time i contacted her or was able to contact her was uh, two weeks ago uh, the other one it's been 
more than you know six weeks that I don't know anything about herself, you know her family. Even like my parents now, um, last time I contacted them was two days ago and I tried yesterday and now they're all the communication is is cut again and again, you know, so and to contact them is, is, is an absolutely nightmare, you know, you have to be super lucky, like in a way, so the network has to be in, they need to have that particular phone charged somehow so it's you know to get any news from there is is an absolute nightmare and you know every time you just try and try and hope that they survived it's just impacting everyone more than one million and seven hundred thousand being displaced from their houses and no infrastructure no uh, sanitation no hygiene no medical aid getting in it's just like nobody would imagine like we're in 2023 uh, 2024 and this has happened and this is allowed to continue happening it's just like it's, it's shameful it's uh, i feel like helpless and hopeless it's been more than three months now it's not gonna get any anywhere better and even if this madness stops today all the people i know they lost their their houses there's no roof for them there's no house to go back to there is nothing to go back to there is an absolute disaster in terms of food supply water supply just yeah that's that's what it is you mentioned that you haven't been in contact so you have three sisters one of them your youngest sister lives with your parents and then your other two sisters yeah. one of them you haven't been in contact with for two weeks and the other you haven't been in contact with for six weeks I appreciate this is a question you probably don't want to be asked but do you know if they're still alive? Uh, I'm certainly I, I, I don't have any choice but to hope um, um, that's that's the case now I've I've lost so many people already, like in this kind of like unimaginable tragedy. So like three cousins, one of my cousins is the same age as mine. Uh, we went to school together, all his young family and, you know, and his three-year-old daughter, Marah, they're, 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 they're gone. Um, um, I have to trust and believe that they, they are okay somehow and they're just not able to contact and is it your hope that your your family would be able to leave from Rafa uh, into Egypt and perhaps join you, or would you like to see them granted refugee status outside of Gaza? I appreciate it; it's difficult, but in, in just in terms of their short-term safety, would you like to see them brought to Ireland? Right. It's it's very hard to think that you know, with all these kind of danger around them, you know, if they survive, it's the hope that I would be able at least like to to get my parents and my sister that I, I know where they are at least um, out of Gaza but that's that's proven to be a very kind of complicated issue I've been trying like to contact you know the Ministry for Affairs um, through you know directly and through the TDs and I'm getting nowhere the message that we've been told all the time that yeah I am Irish citizens my parents are not so uh, as long as I'm not there stuck in Gaza they're not going to evacuate them because they have to be accompanied by, by the Irish citizen which I feel is it's absolutely unfair and it's just like leaving us behind so for me seeing them all in all that difficulties and you know almost struggling to survive every single second and and i'm not able to help them and i'm not able even to get the government position to change from 
to be honest, like if I managed to get into Gaza to be able to combine them, I would do it like tomorrow morning. But this is absolutely not possible. This kind of a policy needs to change. It's it's just like not fair. Other countries are already doing it in every day. Direct relatives of their citizens being evacuated based on their embassy's requests in Cairo. But this is not the case for Irish citizens. And I'm not sure why and what is the purpose for this. And that was Dr. Salam Karbia, who is a Palestinian Irish citizen and head of the Department of Environmental Studies at the Atlantic Technical University in Sligo, speaking there, obviously, uh, in a personal capacity. Um, Senator Barry Ward, to use your own words from earlier, these are people like you and me, uh, citizens of the world. Dr. Garbia would clearly be able to accommodate his family, so that's not an issue. Why are we not helping to get them out? Well, we are actually, and I think Ireland has done an enormous amount to get citizens out of Gaza at a diplomatic level, in particular. And I don't. What about non-citizens who are related to citizens? Well, that, I, this is actually something I've spoken directly to the Taoiseach about, and I think that if there are people who are need, in need of Ireland's protection or want to join a family, I don't think there's a difficulty that the difficulty is getting them out of Gaza um, and out of the control of the Israeli Defence Forces. That's the problem. But if they're seeking protection once they get out, I don't think there'd be a problem with them coming here, just as there would be for any other international protection. Applicant. So what's the stated reason coming from, as you say, the people who are in control, the Israeli Defence Forces, what's the stated reason for not letting people like this out? Well, it's not rational, but they would claim that if they let people out, they could potentially be letting Hamas militants out. It's not a rational basis for it, and Ireland has been very critical of that. In fact, there's no doubt about what Ireland's stance is on this, and, and Leo Varadkar in particular has been a thought leader in this. He was the first Western leader to call out the Israeli aggression, talking about it as being a form of re- revenge. He was the first one to call for a ceasefire. Ireland has been unequivocal in terms of its opposition to what Israel is doing right. at the moment. So, so we, we have a statement from the Department of Foreign Affairs. It says a small number of Irish citizens remain in Gaza, although this, it doesn't apply in, in this case. It does in the case of Zakania. We'll come to that uh, in a moment. It says, we are also ready to assist in instances where other Irish citizens and accompanying dependents wish, wish to exit Gaza. In this case, the Irish citizen isn't accompanying the dependents, but the dependents still need to get out. Yeah, I don't think that's an issue. I think uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs is anxious to help anybody connected to an Irish citizen or anybody else to get out of Gaza, but that is done at a diplomatic level. We don't have the Do you think there's a certain contradiction there, though, between, on the one hand, the Israeli authorities saying they're doing their level best to get people to areas of safety, and then preventing people such as these to get to an area of safety in Ireland. 100% I do. I think the Israeli narrative in this has been appallingly inconsistent. Um, it has been dishonest, I think, in many respects. Uh, it has been illegal. And I think what's happening is... How, how are Canada managing to do it? And we're not. How are Canada managing to do what? To get out dependence. Well, they aren't being successful in every respect, but Ireland has enjoyed quite a lot of success in getting out both citizens and dependents in the last number of months. Um, We have enjoyed that because we have been working at a diplomatic level through our embassies in the region and our representation in Tel Aviv. But the reality is that the Israeli Defence Forces controls that area. Uh, we cannot go in and uh, militarily and take anybody out. But sure, we but in the case of an Irish citizen, Zach Hania, we m- mentioned him, we spoke... Um, we spoke about him before Christmas. He is an Irish citizen. He's been prevented from leaving also. What rationale has been given for that 
and what has Ireland done on his behalf to get him out? Well, there's no sufficient rationale for that as an Irish citizen and I don't believe Israel has offered one either. In terms of what Ireland is doing, it's the same work diplomatically, both at political and diplomatic level to get those people out. It has it has been successful in many cases. Is Jack Hania any closer to getting out? I don't know the answer to okay, that. I right. hope that he is. Verona Murphy, when you hear a story uh, like that from Dr. Garbia about his family that are stuck in Gaza, would you support his efforts to get them out? Of course. I mean, it's the same as any of our asylum seekers coming here. They're coming from similar situations. But I think the reality is that he's the Irish citizen. And categorically, from what you've just read out, I think it's unambiguous. I don't think that we're going to make an effort whereby the Irish citizen himself is not with the dependent family. It's a strange situation, isn't it? Because the palace, many Palestinians, millions of them, are recognised already as refugees. So the issue of asylum or their issue of their refugee status is not in question. It's just a question of where they're going to live. Accommodation isn't an issue in this case. So what would the problem be? Well, I think from what you've read out is that the dependent Irish citizen is not with them. Uh, from what you've read out, sure, that's my that's understanding. The, from, from the statement, yeah. 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 And in that case, I believe that we won't make a sufficient effort. It will be, we'll be talking about this as long as it, the conflict is ongoing. All right. Paul Murphy, um, the situation of dependents of Irish citizens uh, who are stuck in Gaza. You've heard Barry Ward say this is uh, a blockage that has been put up by the Israeli Defence Forces yes. and that all efforts are being made to, to get people out. Do you accept... Well, It's the bona fides of the efforts to get them out. It's the first time I've heard that the Irish government is making efforts at diplomatic level to get out dependents who are not currently with citizens. Um, I've made lots of representations. Uh, We had a press conference with a whole series of Palestinian families making this case. We we haven't got that response from the Minister for Foreign Affairs. So if that's happening at a diplomatic level and it's not working because Israel is blocking it, Is it your understanding that that is happening at a diplomatic level to get the dependents out? As with all of these things, it is not something that is done in public. It's not something that is done by thumping the table. It is a very delicate behind the scenes thing that is done. But the Department of Foreign Affairs, I think, is constantly leveraging its influence in the region to do everything that it can in that regard and I don't think the Department of Foreign Affairs is saying well that person isn't a citizen or that person isn't a dependent citizen or whatever okay. so they're working they're doing their best to achieve that but surely we should get a statement from the minister actually saying we are doing that that isn't tub thumping the table or whatever that's just making clear to families look we're doing our best I also then think in the case of Irish citizens like Zach I actually think the Irish state should be doing a bit of thumping of the table when you have an Irish you have an Irish person who is being held hostage by Israel being refused to leave and he's not the only one that is absolutely scandalous well, and the Irish government has not released a single if, statement if, if, if Irish, that fact If Irish citizens Barry Ward can't be removed from the situation in Gaza for their own safety would the application of greater pressure to achieve a ceasefire be better and as part of that would supporting the South African case at the International Court of Justice lend, lend weight to that? Um, well, first of all, a ceasefire, of course, would be helpful. And that is why Ireland was the first Western government to call for a ceasefire. We all want to see that happening. What is happening at the moment on the ground in Gaza is unacceptable. I believe it is illegal. I believe it is contrary to international law. And I think it is genocide as well. Do you think, do you think the supporting question, the South African the case, question about if, if you the, believe that, then what's the issue with supporting South Africa? Because the reality is that, first of all, Ireland joining the case does not 
bolster the case. It doesn't make the case any more likely to succeed or not succeed. Well, it's a European um, government, so it's 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 it, it's added international pressure, isn't well, it? It may be political pressure, but it's not legal. So let's just, in terms of the likelihood of the, of the case to succeed, um, the countries that are there, they've made their case, they've made their arguments, their arguments are compelling in my view, but Ireland being a party to those arguments will make no difference to the outcome of the case. So then the question you ask is, um, would joining that case potentially hamper our efforts in other areas? So for example, the government is trying to broker an agreement between European Union states to recognise Palestinian statehood. And while we might be in favour of that, lots of governments in Europe are quite uncomfortable about that. Right. The danger is that if you join that case, you separate let, let me, yourself let, and isolate let, yourself. Let, let, let me get the response to the rest of the panel. Uh, South Africa has cast the die at the International Court of Justice. That case will take its course. Paul Murphy, do you appreciate that Ireland might have legitimate considerations in not joining that case because of diplomatic efforts being made elsewhere, like Barry Ward saying about the recognition of the state of Palestine or raising the issue of the human rights clauses in the Israel Association Agreement with the European Union. Ireland joined a case against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. Um, what's the difference here? Ireland imposed sanctions on Russia, refuses to impose sanctions on Israel. Well, would the difference what's be that there was a unified European position about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, there is less of a unified position on this and therefore there's greater diplomatic heavy lifting to be done? Uh, sort of. Um, it's that, but that in turn is related to the US position. Let's, let's be honest. The Irish government is willing to have mild words of criticism for the genocide that is being inflicted on the Palestinian I don't think people. That's fair 250 purpose. people dying a day, 100 of them children, 10 children having legs or arms amputated a day, most of that anaesthetics. But they're not willing to actually do anything about it. They should join the case. They should expel the Israeli ambassador. They should impose sanctions. And most, I, right. I would say, Leo Varadkar or any other Irish politician should not be going over to the White House on St. Patrick's Day, shaking hands with genocidal Joe Biden, giving him a bowl of shamrock in this context right. when, when uh, they are supporting right. this war right. four or five billion dollars a day. It is absolutely it's, scandalous. Okay. And, very, and very, yeah, it's very, very, very preposterous to say that we're doing nothing. You're not. The case what in Russia doing? is, I've, I've what given, I'll give you a list. Apart from aid and all the rest of things, we were the first government to come out and say that this doing, is unacceptable. Not Doing. What are you doing? But what is doing during the case Sanctions. is just words as well. Sanctions, by the way, were imposed not by Ireland on Russia, but by the European Union. The case against Russia didn't doing? involve a situation where there were parallel diplomatic negotiations. That's what we're doing. Right, we're trying to take statehood. We, 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 have to, we have to take a break. We're back after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.